five days a week. Radio Chatskill, weekday mornings at 10. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Local Edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Monday, Patricio Robayo. Thank you for spending your Monday evening with me. In the second half of the show, we'll be checking in with the Sullivan County Democrat to see what's on the front page of Tuesday's newspaper. And then I'll have an update on the potential of a new village in the town of Thompson. But first, it's Monday, and every Monday we check in with the Sullivan County government. And they have a new bus service. Sullivan County officials recently announced that the free senior shopping bus service is resuming full weekday runs. This means that at least once a week, residents over 60 from each part of the county can access a free shopping bus service to run their errands in Monticello. Here to tell us more about the bus service is the Director of Aging Services from the Sullivan County Office for the Aging, Lisa Ann Duell. Welcome to the program, Lisa Ann. Thank you, Patricio. Um, yes, as you said, once a week, um, at least once a week, we'll be hitting every part of the county uh, for people to use the free shopping bus that goes to Monticello. You just need to be over 60 and registered with our office. And if you aren't registered, it's very quick. We can um, do a lot of it over the phone. And then you just need to fill out something and, and we can get you registered. Once you're registered, you just need to give us a call 24 hours ahead um, to confirm your reservation. More time, the better. And um, it's also fully accessible to wheelchairs. If you'd like, I can go down what kind of areas we are in each day of the week. Um, but the information is available um, in a lot of different places on the county website. On our Facebook page is linked to that as well. Um, our monthly newsletter, the monthly Hoot, and our brochure that we distribute all over the place. But we would be happy to send the information out as well if people would like it. Yeah, I definitely want to get to details exactly where can they get the bus and everything else. But let's talk about the impact. The in- to have a fully accessible door-to-door service like the senior shopping bus um, and the impact it has on the mobility and the convenience for senior residents in Sullivan County. So let's talk about the impact on on those folks who are homebound. Of course. uh, This means that people have the ability to age in place. Uh, Food shopping is, is something we, if we have no problem doing it, we take for granted that it's just something we do. If you don't drive or you can't drive, you you need help. This is a, a godsend. Uh, Mondays through Fridays, having this be five days again is something we've been striving for for three years now. Uh, back in uh, October of 2020, we had adjusted the schedule to after shutdown to do twice a week, and we were just kind of uh, circling around the roots but we were doing them less frequently on Tuesdays and Thursdays with much social distancing and and limitations on the amount of uh, riders that could take the bus. Now, Mondays, 
For example, we're, we're back to going every Monday. We're in the town of Bethel in the surrounding areas and the town of Niversink in the surrounding areas. On Tuesdays, the town of Fallsburg, Woodridge, Mountaindale, South Fallsburg, and then town of Rockland in Livingston Manor and Roscoe area. On Wednesdays, we're in the town of Liberty, so that would be Golden Park area, Barkley Gardens, White Sulphur Springs, and town of Mamacating in Summitville and Wurtsboro and Bloomingburg. On Thursdays, we're in the towns of Tustin, Highland, and Lumberland, Narrowsburg, Aldred, Barryville, Glens Bay, and surrounding areas, and then town of Thompson, Monticello, and Mongot Valley. On Fridays, we hit the towns of Delaware, Fremont, and Calicoon, Fremont Center, Calicoon, Hankins, Jeffersonville, and those surrounding areas, as well as Liberty Village and town of Fallsburg, so Liberty Village Apartments, Hurleyville, Lock Sheldrake, and Kaimisha Lake. And the two hours are allotted for shopping at Walmart, ShopRite, and Aldi's. And there's um, allowed two extra stops per passenger for short transactions. So quick stop at the bank, for example, um, because there's a lot of people who need to utilize the service. So we try to accommodate everyone's needs. You mentioned COVID um, and how that has changed things. Are there any sort of special measures or considerations in place for senior passengers, especially in light of a potential health concerns like COVID-19 or the flu or RSV this uh, fall and winter? At this time, we have to follow the guidance given by DOT and the Department of Health. If they tell us that people are required to wear masks, um, we will probably do that again. But at this time, we're just asking everybody to please be healthy if you get on the bus. Um, if you're showing symptoms of COVID or any other illness that might be transmissible, please use the judgment to not get those around you sick. Obviously, we'll keep the hand sanitizer on board for everyone. Um, our department is also able to get test kits to people. So if people need test kits, we will you know, probably keep a supply of those on the bus. But just using uh, standard precautions like we all are right now until we get further guidance is where we're at. And you mentioned this is four running errands. So how long does a person have uh, once they dropped off in Monticello to run those errands? You um, Two hours uh, it, it is the max amount of time. So you would get dropped off and then in two hours you could complete whatever you need to complete. You mentioned that the bus has to be reserved. But- to be able to be used for running errands, uh, where can they folk? Where can they get that information? If you have a phone number that you can give out or a website that you can give out where people can reserve this bus, absolutely. They could call eight four five eight zero seven zero two four four to make a, re- a reservation. We ask three days prior, but um, it, it's we're going to get back into a routine. There's we used to have a standard like regular ridership. Um, we're asking everybody to please confirm your rides, and uh, that way we can accommodate as many people as possible. If we need to set up second buses or wait lists, we'll, we will look at that. Uh, but right now we're asking for at least three business days if possible, and if you have to cancel, you know, let us know as soon as possible because there might be somebody waiting to take that spot. We talked about them being dropped off, the seniors being dropped off in Monticello. Are there any plans to expand the range of the businesses or the destinations that the senior shopping bus service uh, could go to in the future? We are always looking at ways to improve. 
and we're always open ears to other places and destinations that people need to go. Um, we are, we are, I can't say we have an absolute plan in place right now, but if additional funding was possible or additional drivers and buses were available, that all could be possible. Um, one of the ways that talking about listening to people's feedback that we um, use is our annual public hearing, which I'm going to put a plug in for right now on October 25th, save the date, uh, 10 a.m. here in the Government Center. We're going to have our annual public hearing and we'll also have a senior resource fair downstairs in the lobby throughout the day. Uh, this is a great opportunity for us to tell people what we are up to, what we are planning, and for people to tell us what they want more of. Uh, we're also still conducting our uh, comprehensive needs assessment, and I know we've spoken about that before. That is still open until November, so we will um, be accepting responses for that, and that information is absolutely available through our website and through our newsletter. Um, but again, we'll be happy to mail it out to anyone who needs it. So those are my two plugs for additional ways people can give us feedback about what they need and what they want. Can you give that date again one more time? Sure. October 25th, 2023, here in Monticello in the Government Center upstairs is the public hearing at 10 a.m. Before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on? Do you want to mention about the senior shopping bus? Or if you want to give us an update on the Office for the Aging for Sullivan County? We always have a lot going on. Uh, we are still working on opening more of our congregate sites. That's our next target as far as getting things back to where they were prior to COVID. Um, I will also like to put in a plug in for our retired senior volunteer program. We are very, very desperate for medical uh, drivers. Another way that we serve people in addition to our shopping bus is our medical transportation. We take um, rides first come, first serve um, with at least two weeks notice. And if it's in county, we do it with Sullivan County Transportation. If it's out of county, which more and more appointments seem to be out of county now, um, we, we utilize RSVP drivers. And we have some amazing and dedicated drivers. We couldn't do this without them. We need more. Um, and if people need information about that, I would love for them to give Kevin Salaveria, our RSVP coordinator, a call, and his number is 807-0255, and he would love to discuss the program with you and the benefits. There's mileage reimbursement and supplemental insurance available, and it's a very big need to conti continue people's ability to age in place if they can go to the doctors on their own, uh, and it helps people stay in the community longer if they're able to maintain things like their grocery shopping independently, their medical appointments independently. We want to be a big part of that, but we need help. So that's my plug for that. And I said the senior shopping bus has started already. And when just hearing the, the benefits it could provide for seniors, for older adults, it gives them a, a sense of, of independence, uh, mobility, especially during this this transition where they maybe have uh, used to having their own car and going out to do things and and the feeling of you know they don't want to, they don't want to burden somebody else or they don't want to burden their family and to even ask for help for that might be something they're struggling with but so have an option there to have the senior option 
bus shopping bus option so they could go and run their errands. I'm sure would, you know, you mentioned staying aging at home and this, I'm sure it's just me. This is just me talking of, of, uh, extending life, uh, making their life longer because they have this independence. You're absolutely right. I, I apologize. I am interrupting you, but you brought up another point. It extends life to actually volunteer as well. There's studies that have shown how good volunteering is for the person doing it for their own well-being and health. So I wanted to make sure everybody knew that as well. Absolutely. It goes both ways. So we were talking to the Director of Aging Services from the Sullivan County Office for the Aging, Lisa Ann Duell, about the senior bus service and other things that are going on with the Office for the Aging. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. We hope to have you back on soon. Thanks, Patricio. And moving right along here, there's a potentially new village coming to the town of Thompson. This is something the local edition has been following for a while. There's been an update. Here's my report. Thompson's town supervisors William Reber Jr. and Fallsburg's Catherine Rappaport have officially concurred with the petition for the formation of the village of Atreus within the town of Thompson. This decision followed two public hearings that were held in August of 2023 near Kamisha Lake, New York, where residents came together to discuss the creation of this new village. The supervisors acknowledged the objections submitted during the review period, saying in press release that they understood the merit behind these objections, but were bound by an antiquated village law that they say desperately needs a revision. The law, which has been in place for over a century, according to the supervisors, was no longer in sync with the modern community planning practices. However, recently, both the New York State Assembly and the Senate had passed a bill to address this issue. The proposed amendments aim to increase the minimum population required to create a village and necessitate a comprehensive analysis of the financial sustainability, taxation matters, and the overall viability of the proposed village. However, the bill currently is waiting Governor Kathy Hochul's signature to become a law, leaving the old statute in effect. Radio Casca reached out to Governor Hochul's office for the bill's current status, but as of press time, there was no response. The supervisors highlighted that the current law failed to address several critical concerns, including environmental impact, infrastructure requirements, and potential infringements on individuals' First Amendment rights. So, what happens next? A 30-day period begins during which opposing parties can initiate a Article 78 proceeding, challenging the decision in the Supreme Court. If not, the supervisor's decision solidifies, and a referendum is scheduled within 40 days. The referendum gives the community a direct say in whether the village should come into existence. If an Article 78 proceeding is initiated, two outcomes are possible. If the court upholds the denial of the petition, the matter concludes. If the court rules in favor, it can lead to a subsequent referendum. In response to the concerns raised at the public hearing, Robert Rosenborough, the lawyer for those wanting to incorporate the new village, addressed several key issues. First, he clarified the qualifications of the signatures, emphasizing that the law required them to meet a certain criteria by not necessarily be on the voters' roll or have it matching addresses. Second, the liability of the signatures was brought into question. Rosenborough argued that even the alleged illegible signatures invalidated the petition still met the requirement. Objections regarding notice requirements and errors in the tax map parcel list were dismissed as they were deemed sufficient under the current village law. Rosenberg stated that the objections raised by the residents have no legal merit and there's no basis to deny the legal sufficiency of the petition.
You're listening to the local edition. We'll be right back. If you want to hear that audio story again or find more information, you can visit our website, wjffradio.org. It's right there on top. Look for the local news. You can read or listen to the story. We'll be right back and we'll talk to Derek Kurt from the Sullivan County Democrat. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Lights, camera, Big Eddie. The 12th annual Big Eddie Film Festival is September 28th through October 1st in Narrowsburg, New York. Produced by the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance, the Big Eddie ignites conversations and celebrations through independent film screenings, makers' panels, programs, parties, and more. Schedule and tickets at BigEddieFilmFest.com. The Big Eddie Film Festival, September 28th through October 1st. Paid for by DDAA. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty, host of On Point. Each hour of On Point is a journey to help make complicated issues understandable. Every issue brings more questions, like how did we get here? Why is this happening? And what does it mean? And how do we fix it? So let's figure this out and make sense of the world together. Join me weekday mornings at 11 here on Radio Catskill. Welcome back to The Local Edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Every Monday we check in with the one and only Derek Kurt. He's the editor for the Sullivan County Democrat newspaper. Derek, welcome back to the program. You have a story about a solemn event that started, that happened this past week, uh, recognizing those missing in action. What can you tell us about this? Yes. So the Sullivan County Veterans Service Agency held their annual uh, Prisoner of War and Missing in Action Recognition Day at the Government Center um, over the over the past, uh, on, on Friday. Uh, it was led by Agency Director Stephen Walsh, um, who led the ceremony um, with the traditional um, symbolic table set for one uh, of course, with the traditional objects um, that are symbolic to uh, prisoner of war and missing in action uh, servicemen and women that uh, were remembered um, fondly uh, on Friday afternoon. So more can be found on that on the front page of uh, uh, Tuesday's edition of the Sullivan County Democrat. Like I said, it's a solemn event, and I'm glad that uh, the Democrat does have coverage of it. I've been fortunate enough to witness the the event a couple of times, uh, doing my own reporting. And I say it's a solemn event because you were there because someone's no longer there and missing in action. And some of these families don't still, still don't have answers. Um, so it's great that the government and the veteran association in Sullivan County does recognize these folks. You have a story about composting in Liberty. What can you tell us? Right. So the, uh, well, the town of Liberty, um, has, uh, uh decided, uh, to assist a nonprofit uh, called Growing Soul uh, in their uh, bid for a grant um, of roughly a hundred uh, 
and $75,000 uh, on top of a prior grant um, that they had been awarded. Um, this, the grant that they're applying for in particular, is uh, to be um, to expand on existing projects. Uh, so the the town of Liberty uh, is going to assist them in hoping to hopefully to uh, apply for and receive a grant to um, better and uh, um, apply more of the sustainable. Uh, food, uh, waste, and uh, opportunities um, in the town and uh, throughout the county. Right, right. And so it's always uh, good to environment, especially when we're also the health of the county because we're, like I said, uh, we moved up a little bit in the rankings, but we're still low in the health rankings uh, across the board. So, um, And another story that you have, uh, this paper has been working on is in the town of Bethel and involves speeding. What can you tell us about this one? Yes. So at the recent uh, Town of Bethel board meeting, um, a, a number of uh, letters and correspondence were addressed to uh, New York State Senator Peter Oberacher and New York State Assemblywoman Aileen Gunther on what they could possibly do to help the traffic control and speed limit on 17B in White Lake. Uh, as that has been a focus, especially coming off of the summer, um, you know, with uh, fast travelers and, um, you know, increased traffic uh so more can be read on that development in uh, the town of Bethel and what they are also looking at in the sewer and water district. That's awesome stuff. A lot of good stuff. Good news articles in the pages of the Sullivan County Democrat. You can find that on newsstands starting tomorrow, or you can check them online at scdemocratonline.com. It's Climate Week. And thousands of protesters gathered in New York City to protest the use of fossil fuel. These protests happen all across the globe and also right here in Sullivan County in Narrowsburg. Rosie Starr reports for Radio Catskill. For Radio Catskill, this is Rosie Starr. It's Sunday, September 17th. We're on the Narrowsburg-Darbytown Bridge that spans the Delaware River at the Big Eddy. Members of the community have gathered here to express their environmental concerns on issues like climate change. Hi, my name is Barbara Arendelle. I'm director of Damascus Citizens for Sustainability, or DCS. And we're here on the Narrowsburg Bridge today, September 17th, in order to emphasize the importance of the reduction of fossil fuel use and to make sure that there's a future for the younger generations. Uh, the uh, the parts of the ecology are going extinct. Um, the insects, which are the bottom of the food chain, and without the bottom of the food chain, the rest of the ladder collapses. So let's not be foolish. Make sure we cut way back on fossil fuels. And there's been studies that even just emphasizing efficiency could cut fossil fuel use by half. So let's do that. Um, it's, there's, um, there is money for people to upgrade their homes, and that's a big use of fossil fuel. And just make sure that you use less because all the climate impacts are accelerating. And that's not good. And taking that to the local level. Local level, you could look at how do we grow food? Can we grow food? This year there was freezes 
that eliminated a lot of the fruit crops. There's very few insects. So how are things going to get pollinated? There's been floods. There will be more floods. Thankfully, in this area, there hasn't been drought this year, not to the point of fires, thank goodness, but there could very well be. We are not alone in this world. Everything is connected, and we need to look at the broader view and make sure that, okay, so it's not over 100 degrees here. It is over there, but it could very well be here next, and we need to have a view of everything pulling together and the fossil fuel use has to go way down. We have to campaign for the end of fossil fuel subsidies from our government, our federal government. Locally, we have to make sure that projects are um, efficient and sustainable. There's some push for some developments that are absurd and kind of crazy in the immediate area. We have to be aware of what's going on and we have to make sure our voices are heard, make sure that you and everyone you know is registered to vote in the town state that you're in and push ahead in that direction. Otherwise, your voice isn't heard. Acting locally is extremely important. And that's why we're on the Narrowsburg Bridge today, because there's a major march uh, about fossil fuels in New York City. But we're saving carbon by making our voice heard here, where we live. End fossil fuels now! End fossil fuels now! End fossil fuels now! And fossil fuels now. <laughs> and fossil fuels now. Save our water, our beautiful water. Save our water, our beautiful water. Save our water, our beautiful water. My name is Clay Smith, and I'm here because we are in a climate disaster. And it's time for us all to wake up a little bit and change what we're doing for our sake and for the sake of the planet in general. Well, you mentioned we're in a climate crisis. Are there things in this area here that you feel need to be addressed? With all the floods and the crazy weather, and I think it's really impacting a lot. And you would know, talking to you know farmers and people about the crazy weather and the impact that it has on them and on all of us. Well, and I believe you're a fly fisherman. Do you have any concerns about the river and climate change? Yeah, I mean, the trout need cold water and the water's getting warmer and warmer. And I imagine that if we things don't change, that in, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, there'll be different kinds of fish in the river and not trout. You're holding a sign. What does it say? It says, conserve what our children deserve. Stop polluting and start living. Save the earth. Save yourselves. I'm Lisa Glover, and I came here today because I was I wanted to go to New York City to join the bigger climate strike to protest uh, fossil fuels and to, to encourage there to be a fossil fuel treaty. But I think it would have been beneficial for me, I think, to be in a crowd of thousands and to be part of something that felt bigger and momentous. But at the same time, having the chance to 
be in a smaller community and show that these sentiments aren't just in the big cities, that they're here too, and that so many people all over the country want to have an end to fossil fuels so that way we have a chance at a future felt more important to me. Thank you so much to all our guests. That's it for the local edition. Thank you to my first guest, Lisa Andu from the Office for the Aging for Sullivan County Government. Also, Derek Kurt from the Sullivan County Democrat. Also, a special report. Thank you so much, Rosie Starr. We'll be back tomorrow. Jason Dole will be returning as host. Tomorrow, we'll be speaking to New York Focus about the casinos in our area, especially the one in Thompson. Also talking about the Poetry Festival that's happening in Liberty. If you enjoyed the show, check out our podcast. You'll find this podcast and our podcast at wjffradio.org. You've been listening to the local edition. I've been your host for this Monday, Patricio Robayo. Have a good night, Lucy. Take care and stay safe. Radio Catskill supporters include SUNY Sullivan, a community college in the Sullivan Catskills focused on preparing students for the future. More information at sunysullivan.edu. Livingston Manor, dining, shopping, and the arts at the Gateway to the Catskill Park. LivingstonManorNY.com. And listeners like you who donate at WJFFRadio.org. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Radio Catskill, 